Okay, hello, and welcome to Esther Club, the show that used to be hosted by a stand-up comedian and actress that is now hosted by a professional tie-dye maker and um, mentally unwell, unwashed, unclean thing. Well, call me a thing. How's that? Um, I'm sorry there was no episode last week. To be honest, it's been tricky finding this show. It's really tricky. Um, I intend to have all the people, the faces that you know and love, that you want back, they will be back. Um, but this is kind of a challenge that I have to face. You know, I made my solo podcast bed and I need to fucking, well, I've never made a bed, so I, that's a really bad analogy. I made my solo podcast, and now I need to talk into it and produce it. Literally, I produce it alone. Not really. I have the whole team. They do the things. But, like, at home, the actual recording, I look crazy. But you know what? I'm going to make sure this turns out. So I've got a lav mic here on my beautiful pastel tie-dyed shirt. On my recording on my iPhone and I got my iPad. I got a ring light now, so I look all washed out. Hopefully I look like a marshmallow with eyes and Dave Girl's hair. I'm working on it, okay? I'm gonna get a podcast studio set up here. Maybe, maybe not. I loved the outdoor episode, but the sound I guess was not ideal, so we're putting a pin in that. Okay. Um, so much is going on. Also, at the same time, absolutely fucking nothing is going on. Um, but this week that this is coming out, the trailer for my stand-up special has already been released. And my special airs on Friday. Friday, June 5th. My first hour special is going to come out in a pandemic. I'm fine with that. I'm at peace with that. I'm grateful. You know what my big life lesson is, you guys? My big life lesson? Get, get ready. You can be both grateful and kind of not happy, okay? I used to think that if you were grateful, it meant you were really happy and everything was perfect and great. I thought grateful you spelled G-R-E-A-T. Just kidding, but also true. You can be grateful and also not happy and not totally satisfied even. I am, and this is a game changer for me in my life. I am so grateful. I truly am finally grateful for the career success that I have. I'm grateful for the fans that find me and understand me and want to hear more of my nonsense. I'm so fucking grateful. I'm grateful that I get to live in California. I mean, that one is, you know, a little bit like, um, not untrue, but there's, it's, you know, sometimes I'm grateful for it. Um, I'm grateful that I can make my own sushi now, but I'm also not well. And I'm also, like, life is not perfect. It's not always happy. It's not always sad either, but it's just been a really big game changer for me that, and I, I challenge my listeners and my Esther club members to think about that and to think about what are you grateful for despite your life not being exactly where you want it to be, you know? Cause for me, once I took that pressure off, like your life is what you wanted. It has to be good. Once I removed that and realized like, it's okay that it's not great. It's not perfect. 
I can actually now embrace being grateful. And it's, it's helping me because as you guys know, it's all these little breakdowns I've been having, like I need the help. So I'm going to go find the help. And it's another week where I've decided to film this podcast when I look my absolute worst, have not showered in some would say one week plus, um, under two weeks, but one week plus. Um, but the ring light, you don't need to shower, bitch, when you have a fucking ring light. I got so lucky because I got to do uh, this video to promote the special for Comedy Central, and they sent me a ring light, because I would never just buy one for myself, because I don't have the right level of balanced self-confidence and insecurity to buy a ring light with my own money. Um, but now that I have it, I, it's, it's great. Full? Not funny. Um, what else? I'm, you know, it's a pandemic, but life is going on for some of us. It has to. I, I don't know. I tie-dye. I, I know, it's basic. It's the most basic thing you could do in this fucking quarantine is be a white woman and tie-dye. I know. But... It's so fucking fulfilling to me. I can't even, like, anyone who looks at me and is like, basic bitch tied it. No, you don't get it. It is messy. It is creative. It is, uh, messy. <laughs> it is creative. That's all it is. But then at the end of it, you might end up with, like, a cute shirt that makes you look like a sexy child. And that has everything I need. You have to understand that I grew up not being able to make messes and not being able to like color. I'll never forget when I first went to my friend Jenna's house and she, one of the walls in her bedroom was all drawn on. Like she was allowed to draw whatever she wanted. So it was just covered in like total like scribble. And I was like, I can't. I, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't, I don't fucking get it. Like when I grew up, I, if there was a fingerprint on the wall, it had to be like, everyone's on lockdown. Everyone go to your rooms while we take care of this fingerprint. Who touched the walls? Like there's just such a strict rule around dirtying things up that now I'm left this maniac that wants to just like touch walls and spray dye oh my god and then there's this other memory i have which i know my parents watch this and i know they'll remember this i got silly string and i silly stringed the how the back of the house and to this day there's a silly string stain on the house that my dad cannot look at without getting upset we're talking 20 years later upset about a silly string stain and I just can hear my dad and I can hear his voice saying like I've lived in this house for 50 years with no stains and now like it's funny because my mom is the perfectionist neat freak but my dad is too in his own way like I wouldn't have expected that but yet he is I think like I, I, I don't know I don't know what it is but so that has made me this like mess maker and everyone in my family knows I'm a mess maker and they, they call me like the tornado, like don't let me come through, I'm a mess maker. But at the same time, that does not mean that I don't also thrive in clean spaces. So I'm just fucked, right? Cause like I notice if I do take the time to pick up my room, make it clean or whatever, like I feel better. But that's why I try to keep, I do all the tie dyeing outside and I just make a mess. And yes, I did stay in the patio and yes, my fiance slash boyfriend is mad about that. 
he's pissed. And I, it was just flashbacks to like staining my parents' house and just being like, oh, oopsies. Like, I know I feel, I do feel bad. I do feel bad. But at the same time, I also know it's not a big fucking deal. And it doesn't bother me. A stained home is a creative home. The other thing I like about tie-dyeing is that in my mind, I am creating a fake small business, which is the ultimate fantasy of, of me, of myself. I always think of that Family Guy episode where Stewie like starts his own pyramid scheme. That is like the life I want. I want to be a baby with their own multi-level marketing company. And I want to be scamming my family members. And that is what my tie-dyeing business is in my head is I'm a baby with a small fake business. I've bought, you guys, I'm like, I have spent upwards of a very large chunk of cash on my tie-dyeing business that may never get off the ground, but I can't stop myself. Like this is my, I'm acting out as I would as though I was a child, but in my adult life where I actually do have access to a credit card, where I actually like I'm picking out holographic bubble mailers to mail my products out. I'm, you know, I have someone working on a potential website. I'm tie-dyeing like a maniac, as you can see through a video listener watcher. Look at how fucking cute this is. I'm finding my creative tie-dye voice. I'm I don't know, like, if this is what I do in quarantine is create a fake small business that actually sells a few items, um, I will be, I, it will be a win for me because I'm not the person right now that is like, you know, let's just say I haven't really written a script, um, which I know much, many people in my business are probably taking the time to do that right now, but, um. I haven't quite found that inspiration. I'm more turning into a small child. Well, I was always that. Um, I will say though, my mental state is improving significantly since the beginning of the year. I am committed to staying put in LA for right now because the world has forced me to. I can't just get on a plane every time I freak out. Um, as much as I do wish I was spending spring rolling around in the back yard of my childhood home. I'm not, I can't, I am here. And the forced stay put situation has actually been really good for me. Um, but it is at the same time not lost on me that this is a really tragic, horrible thing that the world is going through right now. And it fucking sucks and it's scary. And I just, I don't pray because I'm not religious, but at the same time, I do pray that this improves. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know how I, Esther, don't understand how we will shoot Dollface season two. I know it has to happen, but I can't imagine it. I, it's a large gathering. Stand-up comedy requires a large gathering. That's what's crazy about stand-up. It's not, it is really truly the only thing that I feel like is fucked over the most because... It's not like musicians that they tour their music and it requires a big audience and then they get to like share their No, musicians can write their comedy. I mean, <laughs> they can't do that. Musicians, they try though so fucking hard. Musicians want to be funny so bad. Just, just embrace being unfunny. That's what I do. Just kidding. 
musicians can create their music in the studio at their house, at the studio, whatever. They don't need the crowds. Do you see my hands? I'm turning to a flight attendant. Comedians need the crowd to write the material, to test the material, to expand, improve, create all of it. We need the crowd. We need the large gathering to just, oh, there's a squirrel. So comedians, I feel like I'm just kind of, uh, my hands are in the air. I don't know when stand-up will be back. I, I don't know. I certainly will not be in the first wave of people to return to it. Um, I am very lucky and I'm very grateful that I had just shot my special. So I have that wonderful calling card, that wonderful um, encapsulation of the last 10 years I've spent in stand-up. And I'm so grateful for it, even though my stand-up is the least I'm the least excited about my stand-up and my special. I'm so much more excited about the documentary footage that you will see of my parents because you will truly see why the fuck I am who I am. And I don't mean that in a good way. Um, and there's been specials recently where they, you know, they go back home and, and I think they have a little bit, they've had more of a serious tone at times, which is great. And I actually have really enjoyed that. But I will say that this special will not be like that at all. There will be no serious tone. It will be constantly going for the laugh in a natural, organic way. Um, I've been doing a lot of press for the special. And one thing I keep going back to mentally or whether I say it out loud is The Osbournes is my favorite show. That I've, it's the funniest show I've ever seen. The Osbournes was on MTV. It was one of the first big reality shows. And what I loved about that I mean, this squirrel is just out my window eating a fucking fig. It's the cutest. I am just so happy seeing this. This is like a... In quarantine, this is like a three-hour, like, movie. This is so exciting. This is almost... Okay, I don't even remember what I was saying. But, oh, yeah. my The documentary footage of my special is shot like the Osbournes. It is shot fly on the wall. There's no setups. There's no, um, storylines, right? It's just a, a man and his camera sitting in the living room and wherever we go. And then we, it gets figured out in the edit. So the Osborns was quote written in the edit. And that is pretty much what we did with this. Um, we actually did one setup just to like, you know, just to the, the network and everybody kind of was like, okay, well, they're at least they're like, we know one thing they'll get. Cause it's hard for a network to be like, yeah, go just do nothing. But that's hard for them to agree to. And rightfully so. Um, so we did do one scripted bit, scripted quote unquote. And I would say more of a setup bit. And that bit ended up being the funniest scene that we shot and not because it was set up, but because of how my parents took that setup and ran with it in a way that I could never have ever imagined. Like I thought I was just going to do the bit and it'd be pretty much done. No, I did the setup bit and you'll see it's a conference room scene. So you'll know what I'm talking about in New York city. And the way they reacted is just, it's so humiliating for me that there were times where I'm like, I don't think we should include this, actually. It's the things they say about me at times in the special. If I hadn't had my producing partner, Nick Goosen, if I hadn't had him egging me along, no, 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 we have to, like, I don't know how I would have been able to put this out because it's so personal. It's so 
embarrassing. <laughs> I was going to say vulnerable, but nah, I'm going to say it's fucking embarrassing. I mean, my parents in front of Comedy Central executives say some of the worst things about me that would make no one ever want to work with me. But yet there they are. I let them do it. And I'm putting on TV. Um, and for people who are, you know, who have cable, who can watch, please obviously watch this Friday, 10 p.m. Comedy Central. After that, it will be on demand. And there will be a way to watch it for free online. It will be on the Comedy Central app slash website. I don't know if those are the same thing or not. Uh, if you can crack the code, you don't need a login. It will be available for free for everyone for quite some time, I believe. Like maybe even most of the summer. So, and I, I'm not a big person like share it, like retweet. But this time, share it and retweet, please. Like this is... You know, I've had my own show come out. I've starred, I've co-starred on a show. I've uh, recurred on a show. I've done a lot that I'm really proud of. But this is my fucking special. Like, this is me. And I decided for it to be um, stand-up mixed with other elements because I wanted people to watch this and really get to know me. And when you watch the documentary footage, you will feel that you're sitting at the kitchen table with my parents. You're not going to feel like you're watching a produced show. No, 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 no. And I think I said this before, but like, I don't remember where, um, when we first, you know, got things going with the special comedy central handed us a budget and they had budgeted for us to have a full camera crew and sound, you know, that's sound lighting, multiple camera people, for shooting the documentary footage and me and my producing partner nick were like oh no 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 no, you're good keep it you're good we got this so like what we're like no we're shooting this with one person and one camera because we couldn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish with that full setup because you can't just throw two people that don't work in entertainment much less even people who do in front of a camera crew and expect them to be themselves right you're gonna get like there's, you know, there's a lot of kinks to work out with that. But we felt like, well, if we just had my friend Nick in, you know, his fucking whatever ugly ass shorts he wears, just like normal guy with a camera, you're going to get my parents to be more comfortable. And I'm going to get more comfortable. And I'm not going to feel like I'm performing. I'm just going to be me. And that's what you get with this special. You truly are going to get slice of life scenes out of, you know, when a 30 ass year old woman is at home with her parents thinking she's a fucking kid still. Okay. That's the special information. The trailer is out now as this is out. Go watch the trailer. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, if you're interested and then the special will be out Friday. Yay. Um, what else? is there to talk about. Look, I talked about tie-dye. I talked about my new discovery of being grateful. I talked about my special. I don't think I have anything else in my personality left to speak about. Um, gosh, there's so many fun revealing things about my life that will finally be shared that I can finally talk about once you see the special. There's a couple very specific stories that I'm Sorry, ran out of storage. I'm back. What I was saying was there's a couple stories that I'm really excited to finally get to share with everybody um, that I have been sitting on because I've been waiting for my special to come out. 
One in particular is one of the craziest things I've ever done that ended up completely going wrong. And I'm just going to let you guys watch the special to see what that is. And then after you do, maybe, you know, after I feel like people have seen it, I will talk more about it on this podcast. Um, I wanted to take a few questions from listeners and then maybe wrap it up because look, I don't know. I don't know what else I fucking have to say. <sighs> I'm working it out. I'm figuring it out. Okay. Um, what's your perspective on trying and failing? At what point do you think you would have given up in comedy and moved back? My perspective on trying and failing is a very generous one. I think trying and failing is like the key to success, right? Like I've always said that my, my parents have always said, my dad specifically has always said about me, my strongest suit is my ability to handle rejection. And I know that makes me sound like a big fucking talentless loser, but I don't care. Okay. If you're willing to fail, you will be shocked at how much you can accomplish because that's the thing is the fear of failure is really what holds many people back. But if you're willing and that I was always willing to fail, right? When I moved out here, I even specifically, I had no idea with how this industry worked, but I was like, all right, well, I'll move to LA. And if I'm not a movie star after a year, I'll just move home and I'll know the rest of my life that I tried. Then, of course, I got here and realized you don't become a movie star in one year. And you, there are so many other things that can happen that will be worthy of staying. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really big on, like, you got to try, right? I think I say this a lot on this show. Like, you got to just try. If you dedicate three months, six months, one year to trying something and then you fail... You can go back to your other life and be like, all right, I tried. Okay. And at what point would I have given up? I don't, I don't know. Um, because all of my happiness and fulfillment is not dependent upon this career the way I once thought it was. So I would like to think that I would have found happiness and fulfillment in other things and I could move on to those things. Um, so I don't know. But I could, as you guys very well know, like sometimes I do want to pack up and call it a day. And I know that I could do that very, at, in a, at peace, you know? Um, because while when I moved out here, I thought this was the end all be all. I couldn't breathe or live without being a comedian. You know, at times I felt that way. I don't feel that way anymore. I, I don't. And I, I know another thing I talk about a lot is when I watched Oprah. And Celine Dion was on and one of her fans in the audience was like, asked her for advice. And she said, singing is my life. And Celine just looked at this bitch and was like, singing is not my life. My life is my life. And I always look towards that advice and try to work towards that because it's true. Your life is your life. Okay. One person is not your life. One career is not your fucking life. One Esther, this one's for you. One meal is not your life. You have to have a well-rounded life that includes meals, that includes bathroom breaks, that includes lovers, friends, family, uh, crying fits, manias, work success, work failures. That's your life. So your life is your life. Celine Dion, the greatest singer of our generation. And also a reference to my standard special. You'll see why. Uh, what else? 
you're so good at creating content to entertain us, whether it be your Comedy Central special, Kitchen Karaoke, your tie-dye reveals, etc. What keeps you entertained besides trying to get people to treat you like a child? Um, great question. By the way, these questions are coming now from my Patreon. So if you have not already looked into this crazy um, opp opportunity that you have, at patreon.com slash estermonster, get access to my almost daily live streams. It's like an open mic for all my thoughts and feelings and where I'm like just totally putting everything out there. And I do, like he said, kitchen karaoke and tie-dye reveals. What keeps me entertained? What keeps me entertained? FaceTiming with friends. Tie-dyeing. Um... Scrolling through YouTube, watching morning routines, um, people's like vegan grocery hauls and like what's inside my pantry. I love that kind of shit. Uh, Crash Bandicoot on PlayStation. I really want to watch that Natalie Wood documentary from HBO, but I haven't yet, which is kind of startling. Um, what else keeps me entertained? You know... When I'm in the mood, organizing something can be good. And then, of course, cooking, you know, the meditative element to, like, following the directions from a recipe is really... I, I love to just click that brain off and just use use the body and follow the rules. Um, not thinking can be really fun. So, um, let's see one more question from the Patreoners. What happened with the key lime pie and cherry pie? I had nightmares. Okay, I made the key lime pie from hell. Honestly, I don't know. I just, here's the thing, my cooking approach, I, when I decide that I'm gonna make something, I need to make it, okay? I don't care if I don't have the right ingredients. I'm going to make whatever I have decided to make. So I'll do substitutions. I'll rush through it. I'll fuck it up. I like to fuck it up, learn, and then do it the right way. Now I had ordered, um, from Instacart, these Pilsnerade pie crusts that I love. They're so great. They're so easy. They taste delicious. Of course it's pandemic. They're out. They substitute graham cracker crusts. I'm like, Ugh, I know that sounds good, but it just doesn't fit my what I'm doing. So then I'm like, all right, I'll make a key lime pie. It came out disgusting. I don't know why. I don't know how. It's just absolutely god awful. The consistency is just, it's just like octopus. The fucking filling is like eating, biting into octopus. It's not for me, politely put. And then the cherry pie, I was like, all right, well, I got these cherries. You know, I made a cherry pie last week. It was the best thing I've ever had in my life. I can't not make a cherry pie when I have all these cherries, so I'm going to try to make my own crust. Now, I don't have butter, so you can't really make crust without butter, so I find oil pie crust, butter-free pie crust. So bad, horrible to make, uh, disgusting to taste, ugly as fuck, just every, just crust from hell. And it just made the pie just tastes like cherries on cardboard. And honestly, as good as cherries are, they do not taste good on cardboard. 
So that's the pie update. But I have faith that I will get cherries and pie crusts at the same time again soon, one day. And I will make a delicious cherry pie. And I will eat it all over the course of eight hours. And I will only let my fiancé have one piece because I will eat most of it. Even though he loves it so much, I will be the pig that I am and eat most of it. Alright, you guys. Um, I'm so grateful for Esther Club. I'm grateful for you all. Try and use today's two assignments. One is what are you grateful for even though you're not fully fulfilled and happy. And two, watch the trailer right now and if you can share it. And then watch my special when it comes out on Friday. And let's continue on in this club that we have created. Um, that's really it. I'm at Esther Monster on Instagram, and I have two shows on Hulu, Alone Together and Dollface, and I wish you well, and I will see you next week, you guys. Thank you.